comes Hurst, he's got some people are on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now, it's clear. You are listening to the greatest sports show on the planet, The Season Ticket, on Dougie Stone Radio. In association with Inspired to Change Bristol, helping to get your life back on track. Well, welcome to Season Ticket. It's Brumo, Lado, and all the boys. Now, I've got to say, before we get started, I played completely the wrong song. Lowey turned up halfway through that, started yapping away. So, um... <laughs> So, well, if you're listening in on Facebook, because we're actually broadcasting live uh, across the world on Facebook tonight as well, uh, welcome along. Uh, listen to these tickets. Brimo Lado. Uh, Lado is the, the good looking chap, as you look on your screen, is on the very right hand side. Um, <laughs> I can't see him. Yeah, he's not that good looking, courtesy, in fairness. Uh, uh, harsh. So, well. so, <laughs> so, what we've got, we've got myself, um, we've got Lance. Give us a wave, Lance. Dan. How are we Ash, doing? Ash, Lado, and we've got Lowy at the bottom. Lowy, good evening. How are you doing? Good evening, Brimmer. I'm fine, thank well you. Done. And Kirk, Captain Kirk's in, everybody, hey. for his season, t- season ticket debut. Um, how does it feel to be part of the Cool Gang? <laughs> I may, do, do you know what? I was never part of the Cool Gang at school. So <laughs> no. for once in life, uh, I'm the Cool Gang. That's why I work on my own in the cabin, because well, nobody loves me. Even, you know the, even the missus kicks you out of the house, doesn't she? She friends. does, you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, Kurt, none of us were part of the Cool Gang, so you're in the, you're in the right team. Yeah, Brilliant. There you go. Two hours of fun. Eh? Uh, absolutely. So you're welcome to season ticket. That was supposed to be NWA would express yourself, but what you actually heard was... Or two monkeys when the sun goes down. I have no idea why that happened, but it did. Um, so there you go. There you go. Right, boys, good evening. How are you doing, firstly? Not bad, mate. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good. We all good? We all good? Right. Very good. So um, we're just going to ignore the fact that this is beaming out on Facebook because, frankly, we've, I would say, with the exception of possibly Dan and Lance, <laughs> the rest of us are probably faces for radio. Yeah? Is that fair? <laughs> I think mean, that's fair. Yeah, I think I'd that's fair. That. I'd, I'd say that. I'd agree with that. I, think, I, think, yeah. I, think, that's, I think that's more than fair in fairness. So we're just going to crack on. Um, so what we do every week, bring you a sports uh, and music, and it's turned into a bit of a food show as well. And um, we do have a th- – I'll get out of the way now, Lado, before you get upset. We do oh, have a food theme for the week, okay? It's a great question, this, lads. You'll love this. Uh, so the question is, you can only save – three out of the following shops food shops okay domino's greg's subway mcdonald's nando's weatherspoons pizza hut wagamama or kfc it's a toughie isn't it it's a toughie no it's not a toughie there's dan you you wouldn't save one of them would you they don't do no i wouldn't you, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So this this challenge was set up predominantly for Dan. Actually, most of the food challenges are set up predominantly for Dan. So, um, so before we get going, have you, any of you got a tweet of the week this week? No, of course not. Of course <laughs> not. This is just <laughs> this is dreamland. This is, isn't it? Well, actually, I, I did see one just before the show started. Was that Donald Trump has asked Vince McMahon of WWE to be a that. um economy advisor when when oh, when fantastic. covid ends that's actually amazing that <laughs> is, is that in the, amazing, it, that is in the same <laughs> in the same week that the XFL is filed bankruptcy yes i saw yeah. that i yeah. just see that yeah. there's loads <laughs> there's loads going on over there i tell you a tweet i loved i saw it yesterday and it was 
uh, it was somebody, it was James Milner again, and somebody messaged or tweeted James Milner asking him how because he loves Roy Beaner, doesn't he? So yeah. how much Roy Beaner the Champions League would hold? And his reply was brilliant. And, it, and I haven't got it with me, but it was something along the lines of, I'm completely appalled at your question to me. Who do you think I am? Do you think I'm really boring or something? But as it happens, <laughs> I've gone on I've gone on the Champions League website and I've got the I've got the sizes and I can confirm and they actually confirmed how much Roy Bina the Champions League actually took. I love so, Roy Bina was made in Bristol, wasn't it? We, we may well have been, yes. Dan. It may well have been. Yeah, it was. It but, was, yeah. But um well deflected. I like that. That was good. That was good. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I hope you're enjoying this in Facebook land. This is Cutting Edge Radio on Dougie Stone Radio. Um, so the sports question of the week, and let's face oh, it, that, that's well, why we're here. I thought we might do eventually. Um, is, well, go on, lad, you introduce it. You're quite proud of this well, one this week, aren't you? This, this is a cracker. I think Ash takes the credit for this one because we had a bit of chat on our uh, WhatsApp group. And the sports question for this week is sliding doors moments so what are what sliding doors moments where if, if you've seen the film sliding doors you'll know that there's a young lady she uh, she gets on a train and she gets home and has one experience of next few weeks and years of her life and then and then suddenly there's another character the same lady but she doesn't get on the train and we follow both characters the whole of the film you'll know and um it's a cracking film, as years ahead of its time. But to put this in simple sporting terms, I think Brim, you've got a. a really yeah, good yeah. Way so of the one I've this. been using all week when I've been trying to explain to people what we're trying to do. Uh, Man City won the, the Premier League two or two seasons ago. 2014. Uh, is it? Yeah, I'm a bit more than two seasons ago, and it wasn't, wasn't that long ago. Um, Six. So thanks, Louis. Great mathematics. <laughs> um, so they were playing Chelsea. Liverpool were flying. They were beating everybody. They they beaten Man City, and they they gone the Norwich and won convincingly. They had Chelsea at home and um, Gerrard fell over, slipped over and, and Chelsea went on to score that goal. Man City then went on to win the title. A sliding door would be what would happen if Gerrard hadn't fallen over mm. with, with Liverpool. Because I, I, I believe Liverpool would have gone on and won that league. Yeah, they had the momentum, I, they were rolling. I, I, think, I, th- I think they they just, I think they just gave up <laughs> on that day because they went to Palace the following Tuesday. They were three one up, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. three three, and ended yeah, up throwing a two goal lead away, didn't they? So, yeah. so I think largely it was uh, it was done on that. So we're going to go around the team over the course of the evening. Um, they've got a couple each. Lowy's got four, haven't you, Lowy? I have got four, but I'm happy to talk about two. That's fine. We're happy to talk about two, and if we need two more, we know where to come, don't we? Yeah, it's about a Louis. That's the that's the important thing. Um, so we've got plenty of music for you as well on the the show. So if you're listening on the radio, you will hear the music. If you're watching on Facebook, you may not hear the music. You'll be looking at something at Kirk's. What have you provided, Kirk, on the, when the music's being played? Well, I've hidden myself from view now. I will be. I will be playing some advertisements, I think, in your jinglets and talking to the people. My jinglets. Now we should. A uh, big thank you to our sponsor at this point, Inspired Change in Bristol. So big thank you to them um, for helping us provide not only a, a show for you every week, but they're also helping to us to provide the TV stuff going on tonight as well. So uh, a big thank you to them. Right. We're going to go to some music um, right now. And uh, we're going to, if all things work well, we should get some stereophonics being played. Um, if we don't, if you come out with something different and I apologize for that, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to go, we're, we're going to get into some music. We're going to some music all the same. All right, this is Sailor V. This is Stereophonics. It's Dougie Stone Radio. It's Brimo Lado and the Bench. It's a season ticket. Good evening. Dougie Stone Radio. Follow us on Twitter. 
Follow us on Facebook. Just say Alexa, open internet radio. That's the Stereophonics and on Dougie Stone Radio. And Say La Vie. Love that song. It's an absolute tune. Love Stereophonics at the best of the times, but that song I really love. Right, let's get going, boys. Um, so we're going to start. Uh, this has got all the makings of going absolutely horrendously wrong. Um, folk, but Lowy is, is always is going to start us off tonight. And firstly, Lowy, congratulations for actually being out of bed. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, so last week, everybody, Lowy was sat. What? Say sat. He was led in his dressing gown in bed with a bottle of cider. Is that right? Yes, it was actually. Yeah, it's imp- yeah. it's impressive. It was impressive. <laughs> now, the big question on everyone's lips, well, certainly the six or seven of us that are involved there, is: Did you win the eBay auction that you finished at eight o'clock tonight? I'm really happy to tell you that amazing. I've just come off um, successfully getting the magazine I wanted. That's amazing. That's that. Firstly, that's great news. So, congratulations. What did you win? <laughs> um, I've actually purchased the magazine on the '74 World Cup. Amazing. Amazing. See, Good effort. that's the kind of people nice. that we congregate with on a Wednesday night. So, Lo- Lowy, Holland don't win, mate. Yeah, don't tell, him, don't tell him that. The, don't tell him I'm that. Sorry. He's forgotten. He's forgotten all that. My life. He's forgotten all that. Right, sliding doors, Lowy. <laughs> sliding doors. I, I, this is um, going to be amazing. I think. Over... Fo- football or cricket? Oh, where do you want to go first? You know, it's cricket. Um, the cricket season officially didn't start this week, but it should have done. So let's go cricket. Okay, so I only found out about this last week. Um, Bob Willis, yeah, eight for eight for forty three against the Australians at Headingley, yeah, won the Test match. Wasn't supposed to be playing in the game. No way. True story. Who was supposed to be playing? Mike Hendrick of Derbyshire. See, and nobody knows who Mike Hendrick is anymore, do they? Mike Hendrick was a very good seam bowler who who played a few well I don't know how many tests for England he played test cricket for England but he just bowled slightly short of a length and because of that um, <laughs> didn't get as many batsmen out as he should have done no I mean Bob Willis everybody talks about uh, both of them and the contribution both of them made that day but actually Bob Willis arguably was the, the man of that match really when he? he was incredible wasn't he? That, that, that one spell of bowling was just on another level Yes, it was. I mean, both of them's innings set it up. But um, Willis coming down the hill. Um, so if I can embellish the story a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, you, you carry on. Um, you carry on. The, the, t- the Testing County Cricket Board used to send out letters to say um, who was selected. And there was actually a, uh, a letter sent to Derbyshire to inform Mr Hendrick of his um, selection. But that, that letter got lost because Bob... Although Bob was out of form and, and slightly under the weather, was absolutely desperate to play. So, uh, so Bob, basically, Bob, Bob was all, the main guy, though, wasn't he? That he was, he was the, he was the guy you would expect to play in that match, wouldn't he? Even though, he... yeah, I mean, he uh, he got th- he got three hundred plus Test wickets, didn't he? Yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, that's 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 my cricket one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just looking at Mike Hendrick now, and um, he did play a little bit for England, but not actually that much, did he? Twenty Test Brim. Yeah. So you, so you could argue that had he played that day, a England may not have won that Test match, and b 
Would Bob Willis have gone on to be a Sky Sports commentator? Don't know. Wonderful, no, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful question. Sorry, no, no, he Willis's spell in the second innings was stunning, but he got nothing in the first, did he? So, any chance Hendrick might have been better in that first innings? Stephen, I can't remember anything about the first innings. Uh, Willis, no, see, he didn't get any wickets. He but you know, good economy rate, but he didn't get any wickets. Both of them just got them, a, he just did me like a kipper. <laughs> oh. So, say, just got the internet, Larry. So, what what happened was we decided we would get prepared for this tonight, so we didn't end up looking stupid. And Lois fell at the first hurdle. But I can tell you, Mike Hendrick never played another test for England after the eighty-one series in against Australia. His last test was on the first of September, nineteen eighty-one. Okay, so. um that's what happened. Bob Willis obviously went on to have a very good career for England. Yeah, Bob. And he was an excellent commentator. I thought he was a superb commentator. Actually, is, this, just... um, is this Lowy's uh, sliding yeah. door moment? Yeah, but Lowy didn't seem to know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to help the fella out a little bit. Thanks, thanks, Dan. Bob, Bob, no, Willis, was always, Bob Willis was always better in the second league, <laughs> by the way. Right, Lowy. Yeah, yeah, well, Let's move on to football. Yeah, let's. Let's, let's move on to that one. <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, I'd like to introduce a gentleman called Albert Roger Miller to you. Okay. Yes. yes. Roger Miller. Yes. Roger Miller, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Retired in 1988. At the at age the of age, about 78, wasn't he? At the age, <laughs> at the age of 36. And... Um, Italia 90 went forward. The um, Cameroon squad was decimated with injury, particularly in the strikers' area. And the uh, Cameroon football president begged Roger Miller to get on the plane, and that's exactly what he did. Mm. Unbelievable, wasn't he? And Roger Miller was responsible, not entirely, but certainly contributed to... Cameroon being the first African nation to go beyond the round of sixteen. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So I mean, he got two, he got two goals against another team, beginning with C. So, what do you think would have happened to Cameroon? Colombia, Colombia, Nick the ball off Higuita, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. Poor Rene. Poor Rene. So, yes. do you know? I'm not trying to throw you under a bus, Lowy. I'm going to throw this open to the, to the whole room. Um, do you know what his final career stats are, Roger Miller? Roger Miller played 77 games for Cameroon. He did, you're right. He did. And he scored 43 goals. He did. But do you know what his career stats are, his club career stats? Oh, blimey. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw you under a bus. I just explained that. I just opened it up. So Roger Miller That's played probably- 666 games. And scored 405 goals. That's, That's not too shabby, is it? It's all right, isn't it? He'd have got on a Rovers team, Ash, I reckon, didn't he? <laughs> Just about. Did, did he score at USA 94? Did he score in, in 94 as well? In the World Cup. He was player, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he did, not, yeah. Not, not against Russia, 5-1, is it? Uh, Russia. He was 42 yeah. years of age at the uh, yeah. at that World Cup. Wasn't there, a, wasn't there a story that he was a lot older than they actually said he was as well? He scored against Russia. Yeah, you're right. He's setting a record as the oldest goal scorer in a World Cup tournament. Yeah. 
he set the record in 90. So he beat his own record four years later. <laughs> but he, he went on. I mean, he retired in 88. He went on to play to uh, 1996. Yes. Why? His last club, he scored 18 goals in 12 games. So, he, yeah. So, all right. So let's go to the original point. How do you think Cameroon would have got on if Roger Miller had not been selected? Well, they, would, they wouldn't have got through. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think they would have done. Not a chance. Dan, you know you said he was 42 in 94. Yeah. You told me he was 50. 50? There you go. <laughs> he, he, he told you. There was always a huge debate about his age, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. there was, yeah. There was, yeah. I thought that. <laughs> Louis, I don't want to throw you under a bus or anything. But... Oh, my goodness. Is this the phrase of the night? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, uh, this is obviously going beamed out over Facebook, and see Roger Miller had a certain celebration. I was wondering whether you would fancy. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That the could, old corner flag. Yeah, could go, on, we, go on, Larry. Go on, Larry. Go and run around your armchair or something, and give that little those hips a little. This is your moment. I would love to, but I think Dan's. No Dan's in fairness, Dan is best place for that celebration. It, Look at that room. Look at that chair. That chair Dan's got. He's got a bit more room in it. Come on, Dan. You can do that. What the uh, the rot? Uh, so, so, like, so ladies, get, hey, yeah. that's it. That's it. Nailed, nailed. Absolutely nailed that. Got it nailed. I love that, Loey. Well done, mate. Well done. Love that. I'm going to play a bit of music now um, from a band called the Cellos. This is an unsigned band, and they're absolutely amazing. Uh, played them quite a bit on the indie disco, and I think they're awesome. So, uh, Loey, thanks very much for your. Uh, your, your input, as usual, it will be become invaluable as the night goes on. And Dan, slick moves, mate. I love that. You are listening to the greatest sports show on the planet, The Season Ticket, on Dougie Stone Radio, in association with Inspired to Change Bristol, helping to get your life back on track. That's the cellos on Dougie Stone Radio, and that one is called Smiles. Love that. It's a great song as well. Okay, uh, so you listen to Bremo Lado and The Season Ticket Bench. Um, we have got all the guys in situ. So um, Ash is up next with his uh, his sporting sliding doors. So Ash, how are you doing? You okay? Turn your mic. So I turn you up. That that probably helped, wouldn't it? How are you doing, Ash? You okay? Yeah, good. Thanks. Do you mate. know what? Yeah, I've got about, I've got about seven more buttons to press at this point than I normally <laughs> would. So I'm not too stressed, really. But um, you right, Kirk? Are you okay over there? Yeah, no one can see me. That's all right. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm all right. Can, I'm all right. Boys, can you see Kirk? Yeah, we can see Kirk. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fine. That's yeah, right. good, Looking captain. Makes no sense on Facebook, but hey, we're not worried about them. We're not worried about them. We're just getting on with our thing. So Ash, Ash is in. So for those of you who never listened to the season ticket before, possibly won't again, um, Ash covers uh, American sports for us um, and various other things. And uh, so, yeah, you're right, Louis? Yeah, it's good as go. A little move around. Okay, Ash, go, go on in. It's warming up. What are your uh, your sporting sliding doors? I have gone for two. I've really enjoyed this week. I sent it to you guys earlier. That I've, I've spent quite a lot of time looking this up, actually. It was yeah. quite interesting. I've gone for one, which uh, which I touched on in last week's show, um, yeah. in terms of my disappointment. So I'll start with that one. Uh, I've got the uh, the Cumin incident in Rotterdam in, in 1993, mm. and I talked about mm. it as a, yeah, I as know. a disappointment. So I'm I'm going to play out the scenario that Cumin did get a red card, 
he, he was sent. He was sent off. It wasn't. It wasn't a penalty because I watched it again this week. It was just outside the box. Yeah, it was marginally, wasn't it? it yeah, but, it was. Yeah. Uh, he, he got himself sent off in in that game. But England go on to win that game one nil. Chris Chris Waddle was one one of the substitutes that night, and he came on late on in his England career and, and scored a late winner for us in Rotterdam. And then we went over to San Marino and won the the last game comfortably and qualified top of the group. And we actually went through ahead of Norway in, in that qualifying group. Um, so that's Norway went through. The Dutch didn't make it. So that, that, that team never got to the World Cup. But we got there um, instead. Obviously, we were coming off the back of a really exciting Euro 92 um, under Graham Taylor. But we, we got our way over to, to USA 94. <laughs> is this a parallel the, uh, universe? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, Ash, you've really put is, some thought into this. I'm loving this. Go I, on. Cool. I've Keep had a great time. Keep going. So we've gone, we've gone through this is our sliding doors moment. So Graham Taylor's kept his job. Okay. We've gone to U- USA '94, but if you can take your mind back in, in 1994, '93, '94, Newcastle got promoted to the Premier League. Yeah. I think a- Andy Cole finished with 34 league goals that season in in the Premier League. So then suddenly Graham Taylor's gone to a, a World Cup in 1994, and we've got Alan Shearer and Andy Cole up front, and the game's changed a little bit. David Batty. Has, has, has had a, has a cracking year as well at uh, at Blackburn. So he's now. Does Phil Nil go as well? Still, he still goes. Laurie Max there over over in uh, in America. Laurie McMenemy still enough. wearing still wearing his big uh, big coat. Square in, more in Batty hot. though. But then Batty's gone instead of Cotton Palmer. Okay, yeah, all right, that's better, I guess. Uh, so, so, <laughs> it's got such a big knock-on effect now. This sliding doors moment. We've gone into a group with Nigeria, Argentina, and Greece. So we've gone into, into that group. Um, we've drawn with uh, Argentina and Nigeria, but we've, we've won our other game against the Greeks and we've gone through on five points. Ash, you, could put some effort, you should have put effort into this, mate. A bit of preparation. Yeah, well, just, <laughs> so, so, Lowy, this is what we were expecting. <laughs> so no, we, we've really gone not. through as, as one of the best third place teams as well. So we've scraped right. our way through the group. <laughs> but then we played Brazil in the, in the first knockout game and we, we, we get knocked out in, uh, in that well, end. I was convinced but, we were going to win the World Cup then. Yeah, so was I. I'm a bit, dis- no, I'm a no, bit disappointed, well, this, eh? <laughs> this, this is an even bigger story. I haven't finished yet, boys. We, we keep going. And then if you, if you, Graham Taylor's still got his job because obviously he's got us through. He hasn't done quite bad enough to lose it. Euro 96 is in England. Yeah, we, haven't nah. to, we haven't had to qualify as a host oh, nation. You're going to ruin my life now, aren't you? My sliding doors moment now is that we've gone through to Euro 96 and we lose uh, to Switzerland. We, we, we've not got out of the group. Scotland beat us 2 0 at Wembley. Oh, oh yeah. And, oh, uh, no. Gary, Gary McAllister's penalty went in, and um, Stuart McCall scores a second. And instead of the Gaza, the Gaza water bottle moment. They got uh, dentist, an iron, yeah. There's a, yeah, there's an iron brew moment with uh, <laughs> oh. with Stuart, Stuart McCall and, <laughs> and a can of iron brew. <laughs> the summer's over. We're out in the group stages. Bedil, Skinner, everything doesn't happen. That's my best summer, Russ. Can't believe you said that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kuman got sent off and it ruined Euro 96 for us all. That's, a, yeah. that's an incredible amount of effort gone into that story. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, so of course, Actually, think- the real story <laughs> is that Kuman didn't get sent off. Kuman then went on and scored an amazing free kick. England get knocked out. Taylor loses his job. The Sun have another headline. Yep, yeah. The turn yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> turn it. Turn, turn it. 
just and, and we covered yeah. it a little bit last week, but that was one of the most amazing bits of TV I've, I think I've ever seen. Phenomenal. On, on, you know, at that level, a, a manager of a national team allowing a, a TV company to come in and watch his every move and do all that kind of thing. And how he calmly just goes up to that linesman and after that incident and just says, I was just saying to my bench, I think, <laughs> I think that decision has just probably cost me my job. Just as cool as cool as That was class, though, wasn't it? That was yeah. class. Yeah, it was. It really was. It's so quotable, that documentary as well. Yeah. It's amazing. Do yeah. we not, not like that, wouldn't it? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. Like Something that, yeah. like that. Yeah. That's incredible, Ash. So, so England sort of do all right in the World Cup in 94. Let's face it. If we'd have gone to the World Cup with Graham Taylor as manager, we would have had an atrocious team and we would have had an abysmal summer. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. Yeah, there's no two ways. I, 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 I just, you cannot but think that, that that decision actually probably benefited England in the long run. Yeah, I think it probably did. Yeah, it probably did. So have you gone into the same level of detail with the second? I have, yeah. Is that oh, I'm, yeah, I'm no. Boys, are you are you all <laughs> the rest of you <laughs> are you all bricking it now? Lado's gonna run off in a minute to the toilet to rewrite this. <laughs> I I on on that last one I was looking at all the pots and, and everything where you got put in for qualification. It's it's interesting. I've got I've got my second one though. I, Go I got for the it. poor people. Go I've for got it. ninety the summer of nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Uh Argentina have just won the World Cup as a as a host nation. Mm. Uh Diego Maradona has not been selected um, for his home World Cup. Gets him very angry. Um, Harry Haslam, manager of Sheffield United, um, is, is gone over on a, on a scouting mission. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if many people know this, but there was a fee agreed, actually, with, uh, with Maradona's club at the time. There was, yeah. um, Argentinos Juniors to sign for Sheffield United in That's the right. summer of 1978. That's true. Um, there, there's a few sort of grey areas around the stories. It's, it's pretty much confirmed that it was agreed. Um, it only really fell through when the, the Argentine military got involved and um, the fee was <laughs> set at £150,000 and they wanted to double it to £300,000. That's right. Um, the interesting thing for me is Sheffield United were a second division side at the time as well. Yeah. Um, and actually they, they initially agreed the fee with the military but then pulled out when they didn't want to start becoming involved in the, in the politics of the situation. Yeah, um, there was a, a coup, wasn't there, in Argentina around, yeah. around that time. So it was a it was a really, a really difficult. And I don't know if you know, and you might get to this, Ash. And if I if I trumped you, I'm really sorry. They ended up signing a player called Alex Sabella. Alex Sabella, yeah, who apparently was no Maradona. <laughs> no, but he was a, he was an Argentine international, um, yeah, but, and I think they paid about 130 thousand for him. Um, Instead, um, it was madness though, isn't it? At that point, that was a lot of money then, wasn't it? For we say second division, they were a championship team, weren't they? At that point, yeah. But I've got, um, I've got quite an interesting set of sliding doors moments, as, as you might yeah, guess. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, all right. So, they what's interesting, they actually got relegated at the end of the 78 79 season, Shepherd United. Yeah, so, um, they missed out on him, but in by 1980, they were in the fourth tier, they'd, they'd gone all down to the basement division. But in my alternate reality, Diego Maradona signs for them in the summer of '78. Um, they 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 finish that season and get themselves promoted up to the to the first division. They have a couple of seasons of sort of consolidation. I've got to look at my notes here because it's quite detailed. Um, in, 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 in 1980-81, they qualified for the UEFA Cup instead of Southampton. So Southampton finished sixth. They didn't in, in this reality. Um, so they went into the the eighty one eighty two UEFA Cup. Um, 
they, uh, <laughs> they ended up selling him, as they did it anyway in the normal timeline, for £5 million to Barcelona in 1982. This is where things get interesting. So Maradona's now gone off on his tangent. In that summer, the following players were, were transferred. So they managed to reinvest the money in the 1982 summer and signed Jim Beglin, Paul McGrath, Peter Schilt and Gary Mabbott um, and Trevor Francis. All of those players signed for Sheffield United and they went on to dominate English football for the next sort of five years as well. Amazing. Um, Who was managing them at that point? Uh, it was Harry Haslam to start with. Um, did, so did he go on to become a footballing management god? Yes, he did, yeah. Okay. He, he went on, but the, the knock-on hasn't quite finished yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the night, you're like the ending to this one. Ah, you've night, got a lot of spare time behind you. I, I did this listening to Brimo's show this morning, actually. The, the so, night is at nine. Was it that boring? Uh, no, it's it brilliant. <laughs> but... The knock-on was that um, in, in the 86 World Cup, Maradona scored the handball. Yeah. And as, as, it, as he's running off, he feels so guilty because he had such a wonderful time in Yorkshire <laughs> that he's, 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 he's put his hands up and said, no, no, do you know what? I, I handled that. England, England, go, England go on to the final. They, they, knocked, they knocked the Argentines out. But they lost to West Germany in the final, uh, which was a little bit frustrating. But they go, they, they go one better in 1990. And they use the, the, the defeat and their experience of the defeat and they actually go on and win the World Cup. Amazing. Um, in 1990, in the ultimate reality. <laughs> Amazing. Mm. That's incredible, Ash. How long has it taken you to knock all that together? <laughs> it, it, it took me the, the whole hour of your show this morning. Hands up, lads, if any of you have gone to such lengths. Yeah. Reasonably, but... Reasonably. Re- re- did you? Okay. We'll get to yours in just a moment. But uh, Ash, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So not only was Maradona turned out to be a good guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a good bloke, but he, but he had a, a bit of Yorkshire justice to go with it as well. Can you imagine Jeff, Jeffrey Boycott that if there was a bit of Yorkshire? Do we do that up, Yorkshire? I like it. I like it. That's a, dre- that's a dreadful impression, in fairness. But that's it's... a <laughs> but There you go. There you go. Right. Um, Kirk looks completely bamboozled by all of that. But Kurt, you're not. In fairness, you're not. You're not. Listening, you're not the only one. In fairness, so uh, I am listening. You did that while he was doing your nineties at nine this yeah, morning, which was the know, best show, the best nineties show he's ever done because it wasn't his playlist. Yeah, I didn't pick the playlist. Claire, yeah. Claire Elston picked the playlist today. Claire is watching us on Facebook tonight. So uh, good evening, Claire. Good evening, to Claire. It was good stuff. Good stuff. Right, we're going to play some music now from the Mirror Pictures. Love these lads. These are absolutely brilliant. Uh, lads from Reading. Um, and uh, I'm going to mute you guys because I could think we can hear Lowy. You having your tea, Lowy, or something? <laughs> no. All right. Okay. Let's play the mirror pictures. Dougie Stone Radio. This is called Three Hour Blackout. Less talk, more music. Dougie Stone Radio, twenty four seven online happiness. Love that. That's the mirror pictures on Dougie Stone Radio and their brand new tune. That is called Three Hour Blackout. Um, Love those guys. They're absolutely amazing. Uh, Claire Elston has been in touch again, saying uh, she's loving the show, and she's loving the fact she got another shout-out, and that the owner of the station said it was the best 90s show. There you go. Brilliant. Just d- brilliant. She needs to do the one for tomorrow as well, if she can. Yeah. She cannot one up. Well, do, you know, do you know what, Kirk? I asked her just to put 50 minutes together, and she sent me 25 <laughs> songs. So I think I got enough for a week's worth of shows from Claire. So 
we can brilliant. have to, we can have the Claire Elston week. So. And, and, and playing your tunes out of, out of sync, mate. So I've just I've just been uh, messing with petticoat sets. I've been doing some air drumming in the studio. So uh, I right. might um, yeah I might play the blackout one next. Anyway, crack on. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, we have got Kirk with us for tonight. Uh, well, he's going to be here for a little while, I think. This is uh, it's carnage, but uh, I'm enjoying. Are so you enjoying it, boys? No, good. Yeah, that's, great. that's great news. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> great. that's great news. Yeah, for a seaweed, you, sorry. you can join yeah. in at any point. Yeah. That's a good point. Ash, what was your favourite food? Um, your favourite three? My, uh, uh, the choice is... Yeah. I, I'd go Greg's. I'd keep Greg's. Yeah. I like the, the, the vegan sausage rolls. are nice. I like them. Really? So I, uh, Yeah, they're good. <laughs> I'd go Greg's, KFC, and uh, I'd, I'd probably go Macca's out of that lot, right, to be okay. honest. What about you, Slowey? Did you miss the question? or? Uh, I'd I'd like to save Wagamama. Yep. KFC. Yep. Pizza Hut. I never thought you'd be a Wagamama's guy. I've I've never had it, but it looks <laughs> nice. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Um, I like it, Louis, so we've had a we've had a, a a message sent in again. Um Dan's getting quite good at this now for sending me stuff during a song break when I'm about <laughs> to read something out on the radio. So um, somebody called Joe uh, tweeted, my husband purchased a world map, gave me a dart and said, throw this and wherever it lands, I'm taking you for a holiday when this pandemic is all over. Turns out we're spending two weeks behind the fridge. <laughs> so I like that. <laughs> like that. It's good stuff. Right, Lance, you're up, mate. Hello. How are we doing? I'm not bad, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm good, thank you. I'm really good. So, again, yes. congratulations on another amazing night, Friday night, on The Rock Show. Thank you very much. It was brilliant. It was a pleasure. It was brilliant. Yeah. I was properly getting into all that. That Black Sabbath, going out with three songs back-to-back from Black Sabbath, that's a little bit filthy. Yeah. I'm not too sure how I'm going to follow that. No, up, I, I don't know. Honest, but I don't know. How we'll you see can, what we can do. How are you going to beat that? I just don't know. But, hey, good stuff. Right. Cheers. Sliding Doors. Sliding doors. So, first one, uh, we go into the world of boxing. And yep. It's August the 26th, 2017, and it's the money fight between Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Conor McGregor. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather comes in 49-0, and arguably the best of all time. And Conor McGregor, of course, comes in. The notorious Conor McGregor comes in as one of the best in MMA uh, in the UFC. Um, it's one of the biggest spectacles in the history of sport. Uh, in modern history, anyway, the build-up was electric. It was yeah. like WWE on steroids. Those three press conferences—they were everywhere. That happened around they? the globe. Honestly, yeah, you know the the amount of smack talk like they were yeah. giving each other. It was—I mean, it was all done. You know, these things are built up to the to the hill, aren't they? But that was just on another level. Um, the fight turned out to be a bit of a letdown in the end, but obviously not for both fighters. You know, both fighters don't come out as losers because of the amount of money that was involved. Yeah. McGregor didn't lay a glove on Mayweather, but my sliding doors moment is what if Conor McGregor beat Floyd Mayweather? Would it have, would it have been boxing's darkest day yeah. for Mayweather to have that one in yeah. 49 in one? Can you imagine that? T- yeah. Can, yeah. You, can you imagine that being I mean that that it was a circus, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It was probably the best way of describing that. The fight should yeah. never have happened. I gotta no. say, I do love uh, McGregor. Oh, I'm a massive fan. He he just but, makes me laugh. He's brilliant. He's he's In like press conference. He just, just he just made me that that whole he was like the 
if we're going to call it a circus, he was the circus. What's the guy that, that controls the circus? I forget what you call him now, but he, he was ringmaster. Ringmaster. That's yeah, it. Thanks, yeah, Larry. yeah. He was amazing. He was just properly. I can't believe it actually went ahead. though. It was crazy, isn't it? No, it's yeah, mad- it's it madness. Was... It was madness. The only other thing I've seen like that is when Rocky Balboa fought um, Hulk Hogan. In Rocky Three. Didn't um, Fury that, that was... fight somebody recently? WWE. Oh, he Bron- took on Bron- uh, Bron- Strowman. Braun Strowman in Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? But again, that is just like Fury won WWE's that, didn't he? way of yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. Was that them trying to ease Fury into the public domain over there? Was that what that was about? I have no idea, but Fury obviously like got a lot of uh, that sweet Saudi money that the WWE were paying him. Yeah, uh, that uh, right, that was definitely motivated on that. Probably taste as good as anyone's money, but yeah, going back to the original point, I think I think it would have been a travesty for boxing if if that had because he'd he'd have had a puncher's chance, I suppose. But yeah, he he didn't get near him, did he? I mean, that was the talk. Like, it was always like McGregor's striking ability. Like, that was always great uh, in his fights in UFC. And like, for a split second, he made a believer out of me. I mean, I, I was dumb enough to believe that he could beat Floyd Mayweather. But like, yeah, obviously, when it came down to the nitty gritty, yeah. he had no chance. Uh, Floyd Mayweather absolutely outclassed him. And you know, whether whether that fight was done by design or you know whether it was le- a legitimate result. How did thinking, that all start? That just got started because the two of them were just mouthing off at each other on social media. Yeah, that was it. Like, I think there was this talk, like Conor McGregor obviously rates himself quite highly. Floyd Mayweather is arguably the best fighter um, in recent times. And I guess it just like came to this like big money fight, Las Vegas showdown, big spectacle. And I guess, you know, by dressing it up with three big press conferences where they just like talk you know, smack out of each other to build yeah, up the fight. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the, the fact McGregor was going up into in Mayweather's face and just going, you'll do nothing. You'll do yeah. nothing. Yeah. So he it was had just like, as well, didn't he? Like he, he had am- the suit, the pinstripe suit, which, had, you know, yeah. like, you know uh, he looks the part. He looks the part. Like, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I, got, uh, I got a question for you, Lance. Okay. Yeah. On boxing. So, um, McGregor, uh, Mayweather had an amazing record. Actually, um, so did I can see his fight. This is no good. I'm trying to describe somebody and I can create his name now. Who was the Welsh fighter, super middleweight? Carl Zaggy. Carl Zaggy. So his yeah. record wasn't too far off, Mayweather's. Who was the pound for pound? Who would you say was a better fighter? Carl Zaggy well, probably produced better performances. As, as someone who has a, an affinity to the Welsh, I, I'll definitely pick Carl Zaggy right. like, over Mayweather any day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, a mate of mine had the pleasure of uh, going to one of his final fights at the uh, Millennium Stadium. And um, that is like one of my big regrets, like not joining him for that. Because yeah. I bet the atmosphere in Cardiff that night would have been electric. Yeah. A big fan of Kosagi. I thought he was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah he was good. And Carl Frotch this week has been calling him out 10 years after he returned. I mean, it's a nonsense. I know there's nothing going on in the world, but yeah. the, what, are you, what are you doing? He's just obviously a bit bored in isolation, isn't he? Yeah, He's just coming up with like, ways to put himself in the news. It's unbelievable. Like, Get on Zoom. Come on a season ticket, Carl Frost. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Don't be messing around. <laughs> call, we'll call you out. We'll call you out now. We want Carl Frost. Carl Frost needs to come on air. He could have we'll, get, we'll give He's him what for. Yeah, he'll be all right. We're over that. Yeah, lad, we'll, put, lad, we'll put Lado in a ring with him. Lado yeah, can well, run quite fast. I'll, I'll run away. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Lance. What's your second one, right. mate? 
My second one um, goes in the world of football. Okay, cool. Uh, it is uh, months after he lifted the uh, Champions League trophy after Liverpool's epic win over AC Milan in Istanbul. Yeah. Uh, Steve Gerrard shocked the world of football by handing in a transfer request uh, with them. Yes. After a year or so of a battle uh, with the club in terms of contracts, negotiations, Gerrard got frustrated finishes off the season, wins the Champions League and Chelsea were on the prowl. Yeah. He was virtually done, wasn't it, with Chelsea? Yeah. I remember seeing it come through like Sky Sports News. Uh, just shocking. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just one of those, you know, Ryan Giggs would always, you know, would always be at Manchester United. Like, you know, John Terry would always be at Chelsea and you'd always see Steve Gerrard. Like, you know, he was Liverpool born and bred, been there yeah. since eight years old. Yeah. Um, and for him to like come this close to uh, to joining Chelsea was quite a shock. My sliding doors moment with that is what if he what did you know what if he had left? Uh, would he have gone down as even more of a legend in the Premier League by getting the titles yeah. with Chelsea in the years that would have followed? That never happened with Liverpool. Yeah. And on a national scale. With the club partnership with Frank Lampard, playing with Lampard week in, week out, would that have helped with England and the golden generation in terms of like the World Cup in 2006? Because there was always that talk, oh, Gerard and Lampard, they can't play together. If they had played week in, week out at Chelsea, what would that have meant for the national side? Yeah. I'll tell you what, Lance, that is a brilliant question. It's a, it's a great yeah. point. It really is. because I think he should have gone. Yeah, I do. I do. Because yeah. the, the one thing missing from Gerard's CV, and the only thing missing from Gerard's CV, was that league title, wasn't it? Although, yeah. you know, I remember being in, I remember that morning being in work and everybody expecting it to get done. And then suddenly he just did this huge U turn, didn't he? Which yeah. we'll see him go down as a hero in Liverpool. Yeah. But I bet you when he looks back on his life, and Lado might have something to say about this as a Liverpool fan. I bet, yeah, well, I bet well you, as, Lance, he, as he looks back on you, his life, I think he he will have. There'll be a tinge of regret there. Lance, you you, you threw a curveball in there, mate, because you didn't say you had a second, and now you've thrown him. You've nicked my nicked my I, second one. I, I do apologise. <laughs> I, I was going to tell you it a few minutes before we went on air. He did well. say, "I've got a second one," and you said, "Just go with it, mate. Just go with it. Just go with it." <laughs> so I do apologise. I, I like Lance. I like the idea you're saying about the international. I think it's a really good point. I think one of my biggest disappointments was that supposed golden generation. They should have done more, and, and would that have made a difference? If you look at the following six years. It, the league titles are shared between Man United and Chelsea. Right. So you know, and Liverpool get a couple of thirds, but I know where really. And then they get one second. But, but Torres wouldn't have gone to Liverpool. If, had Gerard not been in Liverpool, there's no way Torres was going to go to Liverpool um, mm. because Gerard made that team what it was. And at times it's quite average, to be honest. They, they, you know, they won the Champions League, but it, was a, it wasn't a great team that won the Champions League. Um, another argument there, and another sort of point. Man United got three titles, 07, 08 and 09. And then they got and then they got eleven. Would they have got those titles or would Fergie have stayed as long? Uh, yeah. I mean Fergie's obviously a legend for as a as a manager, but would he have had would his legacy be quite so obviously massive legacy? They won the Champions League in two thousand eight against Chelsea. Yeah. Would that would could all those things, would that the dominance have stayed with Chelsea? Would United not have had the dominance? Interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm glad. I, I, Led, Gerard's <clears throat> legacy and legend at Liverpool is there forever. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And I think you talk about class. We, talk, we mentioned the WhatsApp group about class and the cream. There's a cream rise to the top, and, and, and Gerard did within average teams for Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, I will always be in any Liverpool fan's top two favourite players, probably. You know, I think Kenny yeah. Douglas is probably the only one that would, would challenge him. But um, you're right. He'd never <laughs> got that league title. Um, no. And but yeah, it's a it's a it's a great point. And I got to think really quickly. I I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't apologise. I mate. think um, at that <laughs> point, stupid, at that point in his career, I think Gerard could have gone anywhere in the world. Yeah, and yeah, and time. dominated yeah. whatever league. I, th- I think he was that good. I think he was. Yeah. He's one of the very few English players that has that has come along and are genuinely excited. I think Gazza's another one. Gazza, yeah. Um, but, he, dra- he dragged but, that Liverpool team to to another European final in about two thousand and two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So when they won the yeah. UEFA Cup. No, they lost to they lost they lost the Champions League final again. They, they, they lost AC Milan. Yeah, two thousand seven. Yeah. I mean they've they've got to be one of the worst teams ever to win a Champions League. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there was a... Steve Finnan started for him and Jimmy Traore. Yes, so I was yeah, just going to say, how has Traore got a, a Champions League winner's medal yeah. at the end of that? Exactly. Schmitzer, you know. Lance, that is <laughs> a... That's, so, yeah. I think, there was magic in the air that night, wasn't there? In, in yeah, there was. And, yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I mean, yeah. like, Lado, you say about... Um, you know, Gerard being one of Liverpool fans, like top two players, he's he's one of my all-time favourites. I'm not yeah. even a Liverpool fan. I loved watching Gerard yeah, play. Same. I'm exactly the same. I'm yeah. exactly the same. I thought he was absolutely yeah, unbelievable. Great. Unbelievable player. Right. Um good stuff. That's great. Love that. Love that. Right. Should we have some more music? What are you dancing around for? Let's have it. Right, slender pins, Lance. You'll like this, even though you can't hear it. But uh, which is which is a bit of a bummer for you. But uh, but you know what it is. That's just the way life is, isn't it? This is a band called right. band called I'll the Slender back. Pins. You check these guys out; they're absolutely unbelievable. You'll love it. I promise you. Nice right, Slender Pins, Dougie Stone Radio. This one's called "Where's the Money." Dougie Stone Radio. We're freaking rocking. This is really confusing. So yeah, so we're simultaneously broadcasting on Dougie Stone Radio and we're also broadcasting on Facebook. Uh, I did look on the Facebook feed and we've had about 20 comments, but I think most of them are Kirk. So, so um, Brim, can, can, you, can you just reassure the audience that Lowy's all right? Yeah. So Lowy has gone for a new kind of lampshade, I think. I think that's what's going on. Can you just reassure the audience I'm not right, entirely sure what's, just, what's going on with Louis, but I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah that's Louis' wife, I think, <laughs> in the background. You can hear it. That's the current All right, Louis, you okay? You're right. The Lowe's, are you all good over there? What's going on with Louis? Right, yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Louis' back. That's good news. Right. Um, who have we got next? Dan. Dan is in the house. Dan is in the chair. Dan is our resident uh, food expert. Yeah, we're all good. Just because he likes to tart up his food with things right. that no one's heard um, of. So Dan, this week, Dan, you, you Dan, said Dan that you were, you've been Dan out shopping. Uh, and what was it you were struggling expert. to get hold of? Um, just because he likes to talk. What was I trying to get hold of? Beans um, or some oh, sorry. Some seeds. Uh, so this week, Dan, you, you oh, said that's right. that you were yeah, some, seeds. No, it was beans. Ed, 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 no, it's been. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Lockdown's not. Uh, not helping. What's the situation there, anyway? 
No. <laughs> Get to go there. Good stuff. Right, so <laughs> we've, uh, <laughs> we've established that the, is uh, lockdown, still not, uh, status quo. Not for... no. Neil Poire, no. right. Good stuff. Right. I'm just giving you the opportunity just to move it along. What well, go on, what free yeah, restaurants would you say? Right. So for those who are watching, I've got Come a bit in. of a what's your, uh, oh, yeah. what's that? <laughs> so, Do you know what? At first I thought it was a giant cheeseburger. So for those who are watching I was I was getting a little bit excited about that at first. And now I'm a little bit less interested now. I thought it was a giant cheeseburger. So it was a formula one yeah everybody switch off mate so, just mute us crashes a great story in Leeds. It has massive in 1994. I remember watching it as a kid. And it was streamed live on Sports. crashes off. And in Imola, and even in 1994, I remember watching it as a kid. Um, and it was streamed um, live on and it was incredibly sports. sad um, and actually for me you could tell it's not why I love Formula even 1 as uh, a kid you know I love Formula 1 you could tell he was killed you're watching people moment. literally putting their life um, on the line there and it was know, incredibly I, sad I, I, I and actually for me it's fantastic for that it's not why I love but, Formula hey, 1 I, I, love I tweeted uh, in the week uh, you're watching people literally putting their life on the line there it's a drawn picture it shows him walking out of that crash Hey, like, I, you know, I tweeted he, he uh, in the week, he, he uh, funny enough, touched. a picture yeah. that came up um, that shows... Now, Ed um, Senna was already a triple world champion. He just moved to Williams. Like, you know, he, um, he and the car was he, hard to he, handle he the first two races. He didn't actually um, finish the first two. Now, crashed out. Um, Senna um, was now triple his world champion. He just moved to Williams. And the car was hard to handle the first two races. He didn't actually finish the first two. was nowhere near the race that he crashed out on um, um, and that season, now, his co-driver Hill, Damon Hill, in the last um, race of the season, who, I'm, with I'm sure would have made himself. Yeah. And I'm sure Gazette and Senna. If Senna would have walked away um, from that. And that season, Damon Hill got to be in the last race of the season with Schumacher. So that then makes him, and I'm sure, four times world champion. Senna would have walked away from that accident. In 95, Schumacher won back-to-back championships in 94 and 95. In 95... I don't think champion. Schumacher would have um, had the momentum to carry into that so Schumacher went back yeah. to back championships possible championship if Senna was still at Williams. In 95, he could have taken that second one. I don't think that makes him five Schumacher times would have had the momentum and that may carry him to that Schumacher second Schumacher currently title. now yeah. on it's possible zero. If Senna was still it's at Williams, then possible he could have taken so that second one. That makes him five times world champion. Uh, that makes seven. Schumacher currently now um, on you've got zero. Damon Hill and Jack Vilner's then possible at Williams so uh, winning world championships. Uh, if Senna was there, those two guys would never have won world um, championships. You've got Damon so again, Hill that and Jack Vilner then possibly at Williams world champion uh, winning world championships. What Schumacher if Senna was there, was on, those two guys holder. would never have won world championships. Um, so Beyond again, that, that then makes him possibly so Schumacher after winning champion, two titles which in is real life. What Schumacher moves to Ferrari as the record holder. Now it was no um, 
secret that Ferrari that, and Senna I think were uh, so Schumacher after winning yeah. two titles so I think in after real life, those Williams days moves, so Ferrari seven world championships now, now it was I think no Senna then goes to Ferrari Ferrari and Senna were uh, you've got Hakkinen yeah. winning so I think after uh, those Williams days so you've seven world championships that still now. might have happened I think Senna then goes but to then Ferrari you've got this great run at Ferrari Schumacher went on you've got Hakkinen five championships with Ferrari the championship during the early Possibly that still might have happened. There's a bit of a question around... But then you've got okay, this great so run at Ferrari that Schumacher went on. The same he team five championships around Ferrari have got together Ferrari, but during the early 2000s. Sort of person who There's a bit of a question that. around... So you're looking at okay, so another Woods, five... The same so team, what, 12 around times Ferrari world champion. So for you, Senna is the greatest racing driver. Could have done that. So you're looking at... You're putting him on a massive pedestal there, aren't you? So what, yeah, I am. Twelve yeah. times. So more I don't think he would have got now. But realistically, I think nine driver. could have been in shout. Yeah, but yeah, you're putting him on a massive pedestal <laughs> over one lap. And yeah, I am, yeah. So was, I don't think he would know, have got the fastest 12, driver but right Realistically, there. I think there was nine. The odd could have been in shout. decision within races, but, yeah, but I, 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 <laughs> over one lap. I mean, undoubtedly, given the right circumstances, the fastest driver out there. I think there was the odd. What's interesting is so in '94 his career was cut short. Okay. Other than that, and I mean, people still talk about him as the being right one of the greatest. And you I go think, so every year. When what's I interesting is that, so in '94 his career was cut short. Okay. Ayrton Senna. And people still talk about him as being one of the stand. greatest. And it's and you go selling them. So every year when I go to a and he oh, dies, there's no, there's no dis- yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a massive Ayrton icon. Still, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But it's part of the reason he's a massive icon is because he died so young and died doing what he did. I mean, yeah, a part of the ramifications for this. I mean, he's a massive icon. He would have stopped Damien Hill winning sports personality. Part of the reason he's a massive icon. Second, which I know has been a massive bone of contention for you. Part of the reason he's a massive icon. Bring on the Formula One. Absolutely. So, um, but I think you're right. So I think you're right. I think a had a massive bonus contention um, for you. So there's a huge bonus straight away. So bring on the Formula One. Absolutely, could be just one world. You know, um, a one. But I think you're right. I think you're right. I think seven. So where would that? Which is quite a massive thing. So I think what Schumacher would been interesting. It would have been interesting because where. You know, a one-time world champion instead of having Lewis Hamilton would have still come through. Which is quite a massive thing. And yeah, for Ferrari because enough enough times elapsed, I suppose by then. Senna yeah, I think there is. Yeah. I, I think there is. And Lewis Hamilton Senna was always still come Lewis's through and sort of hero. And I yeah, I would he still have been enough, had he not died? I think yeah, probably because I think their driving styles are quite similar. And it's possible that Lewis could have even could have learned even more from him. And I can't know. And perhaps could even be a better driver than he was now. Yeah, I think he drove everywhere a million miles a minute, didn't he? So it's possible. I watched, yeah, I watched yeah, a documentary and he could have drove to the shops, screeching at corners and all, all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> and there's a few like, yeah, everywhere. Do you think there's a, and there's a there few, was, and there's a few, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. offshoots as well because drove to the shops. Um, pretty much, David Coulthard um, says that he owes the death of Senna to his Formula One career. Amazing. Do you think And there's a few that even made it to as well because. Yeah, um, pretty much, point. David Coulthard yeah. um, says that good he stuff. owes the death so, um, to his Formula One career. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I somebody mean, else he, who, he probably, who may not have even made it to yeah, you could have that debate. I mean, that is a debate you could have in the pub, and that could last yeah. you the whole night. And good stuff. I mean, because so yeah, many, I, I, there's so I, many I, I, ramifications I that come off yeah, that one is, incident happening. Yeah, you could argue that Alan Prost was never the same driver without Senna. You could have in the pub, and that yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He kind of lost. He lost a bit of something about those two. 
it's a really it's a really interesting yeah yeah 100 do you think that the sport lost something as in for the good of the sport when it lost then obviously a great driver a legend of the sport but did the sport suffer in itself do you think do you think the sport lost something as in for the good of the sport I mean obviously when it lost then obviously a great driver a legend of the sport but did the sport suffer in itself in terms of the years um, from '94, probably I mean, until the lost Schumacher Ferrari years, and I can't. Make, so we, you know, or I lost the chance to watch Senna get better and better. So I think they did, but actually, and I don't like to say it because you know it's swinging on the death of someone. But actually, I think Formula One perhaps became a bit richer at that point because you've got an icon who was cut short and. They have dined out on that <coughs> on that name and that icon for for a long, long time. Right. Yep. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Anyone got anything else to add to that? No, Nineteen ninety four was quite a, a tough year for for the sport. Anyway, wasn't it? Was, was that the year that um, Ratzenberg had his? That's right. It was uh, two races later. At, yeah, at, they had Monica. a rough few weeks in there. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, so sorry. So Roland Ratzberger um, died the day before Senna. So actually, that whole weekend was mired in in, in awfulness because you had Rubens Barrichello who hit the same wall that Senna hit in a massive accident at practice. Uh, then you had uh, Roland Ratzenberger die on the Saturday. Then you had um, Senna die on the Sunday. Um, if you watch the documentary Senna, it, it, you know it, it, it shows it in. Like it's just it was an awful weekend for the sport, and then two weeks later in Monaco you have Carl Wendlinger um, go into a coma. Um, he, he did pull through eventually, but yeah, it was it was a torrid time for for F1 at that point. Yeah, it was. Well, I think you've cheered everybody up now, Dan. Been, yeah, uh, yeah, cheers. Yeah, that's been uh, that's been nice. Shep, Shep's in. Good evening, Shep. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very, I'm very well. Very so, well. So Shep has a young family, so he joins us a bit later on in the show, but he's. Uh, Always full of quality content, is Shep, but we'll catch up with him in just a minute anyway. So, uh, so you listen to Brimo Lado, is Dougie Stone Radio's season ticket. Um, and what we're doing tonight is simultaneously broadcasting on DougieStoneRadio.com and we're also broadcasting live on Facebook. So, uh, if you've been sat watching us on Facebook, you need to get something else to do with your life, firstly. <laughs> but, but, but secondly, uh, and much more heartfeltly, thank you for uh, for checking out seven or eight guys that, frankly, have got a face for radio. So uh, there you go. Right, listen to a bit of Munich now. Dougie Stein Radio's record of the month. Joking. Not another one? Oh, for God's sake, I can't honestly, I can't stand it. That's Munich, Dougie Stone Radio, and that one is called Hard to Breathe. That is also our record of the month for this month. It's a great band from Coventry, I think they're from, but they're an awesome band all the same. So uh, really like that tune, really like that tune. That will feature pretty heavily, I would say, on the indie disco going forward. Uh, so good evening, it's the Brimo Lado and the boys on Season Ticket, live on Facebook as well as live on Dougie Stone Radio. It's a bit of a first for Dougie Stone Radio. And uh, I think we're going all right. I think it's going okay. Kirk seems happy. Everyone seems happy. Um, so, yeah. So, I hope you're enjoying it in Facebook land. And I hope you're enjoying it in Radio Land as well. So, uh, in the meantime, we just we just carry on. So, Shep, um, how's things? Hello. Yeah, good. Good happy week. Happy 200th. Yeah, thank, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. Thank you very much for remembering. Um, tonight is my 200th show on Dougie Stone Radio. That's amazing. 
Kirk, I never thought you'd put on me for one show, let alone 200. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been wonderful, man. It's been great to have you on board, and you've produced some great shows, and obviously now part of the... Uh, the team as well yeah so which, yeah which is absolutely and, delighted to be on board absolutely delighted so no we're uh, delighted to have you mate really am. good stuff good stuff thank you and thanks for remembering shep yeah so it's a it's a big one tonight so um, i can see why you like kirk now because he's nice to you because well no are we? <laughs> <laughs> it's only because we're on air yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it'll yeah, ring me later on and it'll be a completely different story but anyway yeah, yeah it's all good bloody, it's all good bloody rubbish all good lots of good lots of good stuff going on uh dougie stem radio um um, so, Shep, so we're, we're doing, uh, what are we doing? We're doing <laughs> sliding doors, sliding doors. Sliding doors. Yes. So you've got a good one. I know you've got a really good, cool one. Okay. So I'll, so. I'll, go, with, I'll go with the one I, I'm a little bit more passionate about to start off with and finish with the sillier one. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've gone for, um, so the, the backstory, I, I, um, so 1954. Yeah. 12-year-old Cassius Clay has his bike stolen. Uh, he meets police officer and boxing coach Joe Martin. Yeah. Um, and, and Clay tells him, I'm going to whoop the guy who stole my bike. Yeah. Um, and Joe Martin says, you better learn to box first. And if you fast forward 66 years, there's a, a gold medal at Olympics in Rome. There's a, well, a treble world champion. There's a conversion to Islam. There's, there's 37 career knockouts in, in 61 fights. There's a refusal to, to go um, and join the draft in Vietnam. There's a yeah. presidential medal of, free, of freedom. Um, and then obviously Sports Illustrated and BBC sports person or sports man of the century. Um, so my, my sliders is a, is a uh, is, is bike still there when he goes back. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so you know what? There's a lot of motivational speakers that have got nothing to speak about if, if that bike Absolutely. doesn't get nicked. Because the amount of people you go and see speak, and all they do is regurgitate what Muhammad Ali said or Cassius Head Clay yeah. said, is unbelievable. So my the, the first thing I put on my sort of my alternative um, universe is that the world is a poorer place because of you know he was much bigger than than boxing. He was much bigger than sport. He transcended. Um, you know, he transcended that for, for me, and obviously boxing is a, is a poorer sport. And like Dan, like Dan sort of said that there there would be probably hundreds of boxers that are, are boxing currently because. Hang on a minute, of, sorry, um, Shane. Where's Dan gone? Is Dan gone, gone to the fridge? Yes, yeah. <laughs> all right, get avocado. You're right, Dan. You're right. Need some beans out the, the the fridge or something. Sorry, Shep. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Just want to get a new, new Newcastle brand. That's what the breaks for. Unbelievable. Sorry, yeah, no, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Shep. It, 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 it. Not only does all that not happen, but it's the amount of the amount of fighters that have come since Ali and the people that you know. I'm sure you're going to get onto that, and I'm probably rushing ahead of you a little bit. No, no, no. no. So yeah, so there's, there's probably hundreds of fighters who 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 sort of state that Ali is a reason that they picked up a you know or put on a pair of boxing gloves or got involved in boxing. Yeah. Um, from a from a British point of view, it might have meant that Henry Cooper became a world champion um, because he would he Marley beat him sort of in the you know the, to become the, the number one contender um, quite famously with the split glove. Um, there would be no rumble in the jungle, no thrill in Manila, so nothing against Foreman or um, or Fraser. And they had a couple of ding dongs against you know three fights against Fraser. Um, so that you know that would have been perhaps a that's one of those times when there's sort of three mega powers all fighting for the same thing that would only have been Foreman and, and Frazier. And they sort of, their time, it sort of, it was the end of Frazier's career, the beginning of, um, of Foreman's. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that he would have dominated the division because he was an absolute monster of a man that, that was just bullying people, knocking people off their feet. And it was it was it was Ali in the in the jungle that uh, in the rumble in the jungle where he sort of yeah um, tricked him, if you will, rope a dope and, and what have you, and the, the legend that goes with that. Um, he became the, the world championship by fighting Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston had um, connections or alleged connections connections with the mob, um, and he and he died quite a, a sad sort of death just disappeared and, and then was found dead. So he may have lived longer because he wouldn't have been beaten and therefore would have perhaps been, you know, doing more. Um, and maybe from a, a going out on a, on a proper tangent, um, I wonder if the world again would be further behind with our understanding of Islam. Yeah, maybe. Um, because it, he certainly brought it to, um, to the fore um, uh, and uh, made it uh, a, certainly a talking piece. Um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, around yeah. around belief and and changing his name and the reasons, but you know, sound reasons, if you will, for, for changing his name and his beliefs. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was miles miles ahead of his time, wasn't he? Um, on so many yeah. so many different levels, it wasn't just his fighting that he was ahead on. It was just this, the way he looked at life, the way he, you know his amateur record. If we go back to twelve year old Cassius Clay who had his bike necked, how many twelve year olds do you know that's going to go up to a copper and say? I'm gonna, we're gonna wallop the guy. This, this this. So he oozed confidence from a very early age. Clearly, to be honest, yeah. bro, we've got a few teasers on this show. We probably know a few to our Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that. yeah. That's, poss- <laughs> that's possible. That is a possibility. But can you imagine? Probably the guy that stole that bike never realised whose bo- who's bike he nicked, did he? But you know that was yeah. the the start of a journey that was mm. un- incredible. I mean, his amateur record was unbelievable. He had over a hundred wins. I just I yeah. mean firstly that I mean that's an incredible amount of fights. They, 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 before you they get to the big the, leagues. Yeah, what the welfare of, of fighters is, is certainly something that's come on in, in, in recent times because I you know I was looking back at it today and there were some years where he had three or four big fights yeah. you know in a twelve month period. Whereas now, you know, you're lucky if you get one, maybe two in a sort of twenty four month period really, you know, uh, it all seems to take time to, and I know there's sort of, there's different belts and what have you up for grabs and, and so on, but it all seems to take an inordinate amount of time to get two fighters together. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Jeb, can I ask you a question? Dan talked about Ayrton Senna and obviously the loss of Ayrton Senna to the sport of Formula One and the implications. Had Ali not been involved in boxing, would boxing be the sport it is now? I don't think so. I don't think it would have the the pre-fight circuses that you see these days. No, no. He um, he brought that from a. He met a wrestler. I think his name was Gorgeous George or something like yeah. that. Who who was all about the hype and yeah. um, and that's where he sort of took that from. But he again, I, I think I've talked on previous shows about that. You know, currently these 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 fighters they can't do the same sort of things. He he was he was funny with it and he was he was he was charismatic. Whereas now it just comes across as a bit arrogant and sometimes rude. Um, and, I, and I appreciate that that's probably where, you know, everyone has the, I have rose tinted glasses perhaps when I listen to some of the things yeah. that Ali said about other people, but it, it you know, there, there doesn't appear to be, you know, Conor McGregor perhaps is someone who, who tries to do the same sort of thing, but he can't do it without swearing. And it, mm. it, yeah. It, it, it downgrades it because actually if you've got, you know, as Steve sort of said, and he's an English teacher, you know, if you've got some vocabulary, you don't need to swear. Yeah. And and Ali, you know, a poor or not necessarily an, an overly under an underprivileged growing up, but had 
enough education that he didn't need to, you know, to, to swear or to, to berate anybody particularly because he had enough vocabulary to just make them sound silly yeah. by making fun of them. And, and, he got, and, got a bit close with Fraser, didn't he, at, at one point? Yeah, he, he, yeah, did. he did. He did. But, you know, the gorilla in Manila. But Can I, can I ask a, a question as well in, in terms of just jumping on? I, I remember reading an article because obviously he had Parkinson's as well, didn't he? he and, did. and I read an article saying that he raised, they reckon he had an estimated $100 million for, for charity. So that, that's another knock-on effect, isn't it? With, with, yeah, of course it is, yeah. With, with his sort of high-profile position with, with, with the raising the money. Yeah. I, I don't know for, for definite, but I think that there's there was something I read a, a little while ago that his, his autograph, clearly isn't worthless but he used again to um sort of accentuate my point on on islam he'd sign um pamphlets on uh, about the quran and, and different bits and just distribute them so there's there's hundreds of, of thousands of ali autographs out there on these little bits of paper that you know that aren't on boxing gloves or aren't on a pair of white shorts or aren't on these programs that you know so ultimately it's out there far more than it perhaps not, not not more than it should be because clearly he was he was doing something he was passionate about but yeah. it, again it sort of falls into that he transcended he wasn't just a boxer he stood you know he was he was a humanitarian as well mm-hmm. as yeah you know yeah. stood up for what he believed in he, I mean, he so Shep, Shep Sorry. I've got some of that I was thinking so, so it's quite interesting that yours follows mine actually and and, and Ladder's questions to us both kind of opens up the the point is that so with mine so my slide of doors is is the presence of Edison Senna continuing, yeah? And yeah, so yeah. You, you you end up with him being, being, you know, winning all those titles. But with in reality, he wasn't there, but there's always someone that seems to take their place. So with, with Edison Senna not there, Schumacher becomes seven times world champion and, and the, you know, the one with, with all the records. So, yeah. so I know a bit about boxing, but I don't know much, but, you know, had... Cassius Clay or the Muhammad Ali not been there, would somebody yeah, still would have, have taken that place? Yeah, there, there will have undoubtedly somebody that, that took the place. Would they have reached the same, you know, that, that sort of yeah. list I reeled off in that scene? You know, would they have reached the same heights? I'm not convinced there was, it's, it's there, was, there was no Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay before him. He, he kind of no. transcended so much. Not just yeah. from a, you know, it's a character. I'm not, I'm not sure there's been anybody like him really since. There's been some good fighters. There's been some world champions and people that have been very good at putting people on their backsides. But there's not been anybody with the same level of respect and character. I don't think no. that Ali no, no, no. that Ali had. Agreed. Uh, and I think Fury has attempted to be that sort of jovial character, but he just hasn't got the class. No, there's too much out of there's too much with Fury on the on the side. It's like a sideshow with him, isn't there? I, I, I think it's you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, there's very few, very few of them in sport in general. Though, no, aren't there? no, I think you're right. It, it falls into like the Babe Ruth category of, of the sort of names that, that transcend yeah, sport. Exactly that. Exactly that. So you know, I don't see anybody. I don't, I don't see anybody on the horizon who's who's going to do that for boxing. No, no. So it's, I think, a, it's I think, a brilliant yeah, I think point. He was he was certainly unique. Yeah, okay, it's, a gr- it's, a, it's yeah, an absolute yeah, brilliant show, Shep. Brilliant stuff. Okay, what's your second one? My second one, um, 2007 World Cup. So England are smashed 36-0 by South Africa in the, in the pool games. Um, and following alleged players' revolt, um, they process or sort of 
dragged themselves through the, the quarterfinals against Australia, the semi-final against France, into the final against South Africa. Um, nobody gives them a chance. Um, at half-time, South Africa are 9-3 up. It's not a classic, it's fair to say. Um, less than three minutes into the second half, um, some sublime skill by Johnny Wilkinson um, puts Mark Cueto in about six inches of space and he goes over in a corner. Um, the, the TMO judges that his foot is in touch. And I, I watched it again over and over again today and I still can't, still can't see it. I think that there's a, probably an element of rose-tinted glasses again. Yeah. Um, but it's, if, if it's, for me, if his left foot is slightly smaller, um, this would have turned the game on its head. So my sliding doors moment is if he had a growth, he didn't have a growth spurt in his foot, left foot particularly, <laughs> um, he would have um, he would have he would have scored that try. Um, Johnny Wilkinson was playing at ten, would have easily converted it from wide out. We're nine ten up then in yeah. a game where where we've sort of struggled to uh, to keep a, a, a foothold in it. Um, there were seven players, I think, on the field in that at that time that had played in the two thousand and three World Cup final. Yeah. So I think the old guard would have come together, would have shored up it a little bit, um, and uh, and we would have been back to back, or the first ever, and the um, first ever back to back champions, World Cup champions. Yeah. Um, my the the sort of the knock ons, if you will. Um, excuse excuse the pause, the the rugby pun. Um, <laughs> the the uh, so um, something that we've talked about again, and I know Lado is 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 a coach and obviously as a teacher as well. You know, but the players perhaps. Uh, giving players responsibility um, would have happened a little bit earlier. So we're talking sort of 13 years ago when, when this happened and we've only just come into a stage when it's sort of cool to let the players decide on what they want to do. Maybe that has happened. It would have happened already. Uh, Johnny Wilkinson probably wouldn't have gone to Toulon because his, his style would have been so bright um, and therefore probably would have burnt out because that's the type of character we know about Johnny Wilkinson in, the sort of, in that period of time. Yeah, um, I think the biggest one again, though, is where South African rugby would be. You know, we've uh, and I've spoken before in the past recently about the, the black captain um, in Khaleesi. Yeah, um, you know, would, where would that rugby be? Would it still be, you know, um, where it is, or would it have been sort of uh, um, very much a de- a, the, the dated rugby that, that we were used to? You know, they, they bludgeoned us in that sort of thirty-six nil drubbing, but. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they didn't come anywhere near sort of scoring a try in that final. Certainly not as close as we did, or as Mark Cueto did. So yeah. I blame, you know, Mark Cueto's left foot. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's 15-6, wouldn't it, that it final? Was. So it wouldn't have... Yeah, no, it, was, it, would, it, would have, it wouldn't have won us the game in that... In the, but yeah, in the no, but you're right, you're score. absolutely right. I mean, there would have been a, a complete difference in the way England played that the rest of that game out if they'd have scored at that point but firstly what were England doing even being in that final that year it was it was like, shocking they were shocking one awful. of the most awful. unbelievable there's that there with Jimmy Chory winning the Champions I, League medal that isn't it sure I, I, I sat in that pool game against South Africa I sat there with my mate and we had our England shirts on and our other two mates who had their South African shirts on and it was the most miserable event, sporting event ever, to sit there while South Africa absolutely mulled us. And see, two mates, you, you, I mean, you know Sean, some of you know Sean, and he, yeah. he, um, he wasn't shy in letting me know about it no, either. No, <laughs> no, he's about, yeah. Yeah, that was a proud day for them, wasn't it? So, they, you know, they went on and won yeah. it. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, again, Shep, that, that, it would have changed a few things, wouldn't it? It would have changed a few things. Yeah. 
it would have done. It would have. I it think, would have made would have made my two thousand and seven a lot nicer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No. Definitely. Definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Two brilliant ones again. It's brilliant ones again. So uh, looking forward to the next one because we have got the man of the people. Lado's up next with his uh, his two sliding door moments. Can't wait. It's going to be, yeah, look at, look at those boys. They're absolutely buzzing. They're not off, aren't they, over there? So, I'll tell you what, let's listen to, to some, petty, you, some petty cassettes on Dougie Stone Radio. I love, love this song. This is an absolute tune. This one's called Don't Lock the Door. It's Petty Cassettes, Dougie Stone Radio. You are listening to Brimo on Dougie Stone Radio. We're freaking global. Absolute tune. Absolute band as well. Brilliant stuff. Don't Lock the Door. Petty Cassettes. Did anybody catch... Friday night, are, uh, we do a, a live at seven. Now, I know Lance won't have caught this because he had been listening to his show at that point, but uh, on the Facebook group, we've got a little thing now going, artists at seven, where we get an artist or a band to come on and they just take over the group in much the same way as we've done tonight. And uh, we had David from Petty Cassettes come on last week and he was unbelievable. He was absolutely brilliant. So if you get the opportunity, go and look back through the Facebook group, Dougie Stone Radio group, You'll find that performance, and uh, it was absolutely brilliant. Great stuff, great stuff. Right, um, food question of this week was, which three would you go for in terms of, you can only say three of the following restaurants, we call them restaurants, really, uh, Domino's, Greg's, Subway, McDonald's, Nando's, Weatherspoons, KFC, Wagamama, as uh, Lowy went for because he likes the sound of the name, and Pizza Hut. Um, Mike Lees has been in touch, KFC, Greg's, and Nando's, um, Wormy, he can't pick between them. He just wants to keep them all open. Um, uh, Emma San. No, 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 no. Emma San says Domino's, Nando's, KFC. Uh, Marcus Hud, <laughs> KFC times three. Uh, Nick Elston, Spoons, KFC, and Greg's. Adrian Tyler said, yeah, I'll be the same. Hazel Potter, maybe Wagamama and Greg's, but really, they could all go tomorrow and my life would be none the worse. That's a terrible opinion. Uh, Ed, Ed Kemmerly, <laughs> McDonald's, Domino's, KFC, substitute local bakers for greg's people are getting a little bit fancy they're putting things on the list that aren't available uh mark mcburney remember mark used to come on do a bit of boxing for us domino subway kfc uh greg's mackie d's and nando says gary marks would ne- will never intentionally be setting foot in spoons again after uh, what's going on recently correct uh cassie j marshall said something similar but she would go for wagamama pizza hut and greg's fidel bohill nando's Wagamama and Subway. Liam Summers, do I have to pick just three? Yes, Liam, that's why you got diabetes. Uh, Stephanie Dunn, Nando's, Wagamama's and McDonald's. What are you going to go for, Shep? What are those, those nine? What would you go for? Um, I'm going to go Nando's, Greg's, and I'm going to go Witherspoons because where else can you drink acceptably right. at 10 o'clock in the yeah, morning? So that would be mine. <laughs> You, you cannot go. You cannot go on a bona fide away day without starting with a spoons breakfast. No, it doesn't matter what the sport is. I think that just has to be. Uh, that has to be that. So, Lado. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, really, uh, sorry of... Lance was going to speak. Then sorry. I I was just going to say like um, you didn't come around to asking me, but on the strength for their cheeseburger pizza alone, I'd save Domino's all day. Ten times free. Really? Cheeseburger yeah. pizza? Cheeseburger pizza, it's out of this even... mate. Like, check it out. So I can confirm the cheeseburger pizza is on another level. There you go. Yes, Kirk. Kirk's my boy. Sounds so terrific. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. It's nice. There's, no, there's... there's a voice. There's a voice. Oh, hi, that is. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a ramekin. It dominates, do you, Dan? 
That would that would <laughs> no, be that, that'd be no good to you, would it? Do you know, no. This conversation has got Kev Chubb written right through it, hasn't it? <laughs> He's missing out. All right, Kev out. could do fifteen minutes on this one question alone, I reckon. <laughs> anyway, lad, it's not a food show, is it? It's a sports show. So come on. We, we try to be a sports well, show. No, yeah, no couple... you try to be. The rest of us don't. It's just you. So, no, what is your you, sliding door you know, moment? You want to be a food show. Okay. Um, I've... 2005. Yeah. Ashes year. Yeah. Um, we've not had a good run of previous Ashes performances. Basically, we've been absolutely spanked by a brilliant Aussie team year after year. Um, but we're feeling a bit more confident this year. Um, we take them on. We're a bit more aggressive in the one-day series before. We get some wins. Um, things are looking good. So we go for the first test. It lords. And um, the usual thing happens. Glenn McGrath, he's got the Indian sign over England, takes our wickets, wears us down, and they win the first test. They've only got to draw the series to retain the Ashes. So it's not a good start. Second test at Edgebaston in the warm-up playing touch rugby, Glenn McGrath steps on a loose cricket ball and twists his ankle. He is then out of the test. Um, his replacement, his name completely forgets me, Larry, who's his replacement? Come on. Uh, Michael Kasperovich. Kasperovich comes in. Um, he does a worthy job, certainly with the bat at the end as well. But England, somehow in what was, you know, for many people was the greatest test match ever, managed to win that game. Um, go to Old Trafford, Glenn McGrath's back. We draw the game. We probably should have, sn- should, should have snatched it, but Glenn McGuire is back, so we don't win when he's playing. Then we go to Trent Bridge. Glenn McGuire, different injury. Uh, I think it's an elbow, shoulder injury. We win again you know, the Trent Bridge game. And then all, we know, we, all we've got to do at the Oval is to get a draw, which we managed to do. I think the weather helps us out, doesn't it? And we retain the Ashes for the, or we regain the Ashes for the first time since the 80s. Um, so my sliding door moment is uh, with Glenn McGuire had not stepped on that ball. They almost certainly, bear in mind the edge Baston test was so close, they almost certainly would have uh, won that test match because Glenn McGuire had a knack of getting wickets. They would have gone on to win the series to therefore take the Ashes. So we wouldn't have had that glorious 2005 wow, moment. Um, but would, the question is, what would have happened later on, I guess, in 2007? And that was a shambolic 5-0 stuffing. Would we have been better? We'll be resting on our laurels post-2005. Would 2007 be better? Uh, who knows? But it's, uh, I'm certainly glad that he did step on that ball yeah. because uh, that was an unbelievable series. And it, I, uh, went, I went to that first Test match at Lords. Really? Um, and, and talking about McGrath, I, I, just a little thing. I don't know if any of you have been. You've got the nursery pitch just next to it. Yeah. Yep. And in, in the warm-up, um, when I was there on the second day, McGrath and, uh, and Warren were, were bowling um, at a single stump, one of the stumps that bounced back and come back up. And uh, they were just taking the mickey out of uh, each other. Uh, Warney was pitching it about five foot outside and knocking it over. And McGraw was getting further and further back and they were just pinging it every time. And there must have been about 3,000 people just watching they, them hit single stump. Those amazing. two were just amazing, weren't they? They were just on, on amazing. Um, and I just, don't, well, I just didn't think we could beat Australia with those two playing. Um, they were the just England, a different class. The England team were literally just stood warming up, just staring at them. They, they, yeah. they, were, they, were, they were beat. They were beat just watching them. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was... So, um, working in India for three months during that, during that um, test and the Indians just gave us no chance whatsoever. And it was amazing to be able to win. It was great for I think I think it's great for English cricket so far as the interest because the number of, uh, the knock on effects I guess within clubs and with the interest for the sport and the profile and 
you know, uh, certain characters, you know. That KP made his debut as well, didn't he? I think. In, KP in that made his debut. Well, he, they, gambled, they, they gambled, didn't they? they? They joked that maybe he dropped the Ashes because he did a few early drops, didn't he? I think in one of the yeah. early test matches. But then, obviously, he came good. He, he got a he got a, a, a brilliant, uh, certainly in that last test, that last test, he, he batted almost through, didn't he? Uh, brilliant, like, brilliant. Yeah. Unbelievable, you know, which which guaranteed England could at least get the draw and uh, regain the Ashes. So, uh, yeah, so just just that one small moment that ball that ball had been just really, you know, a few inches the other way, he would have stepped on it, and that would have changed uh, probably English cricket history. Yeah. So, uh, there's, yeah. there's it's a, a it's an unbelievable, brilliantly se- selected sliding door ladder. I have to give you that. Yeah, you, yeah, I, n- I nicked it from you, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know, but I mean, it, it is true. Isn't it? I mean, McGrath plays in that second test and is uh, is two 0 isn't it? I think so. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I think so. he was in such good nick at that point as well. It was probably in the form of his life, wasn't he? Yeah, and we don't recover from that because because that second test gave us the momentum. We nearly won the third one, um, and then we get the, th- the fourth one. So uh, yeah, so uh, it, you know, just that's that small little moment. My second one, which yeah. I'm not able to do my my Stevie G transfer. Um, okay, so we all know my favourite athlete Usain Bolt is a bit keen on football, and in 2018 he signed. For, oh, he tried to sign for an Australian football team and he played some games and, and wasn't too bad. You know, it's certainly, uh, certainly a real love of sport. What we're not aware is as a, as a child, when he went to um, one of his earlier schools, um, his speed, he was playing cricket and his speed was noticed on the cricket pitch. The cricket, the, the, the coach advised him to go to track and field and uh, he's never really looked back, you know, winning in the end eight, Olympic gold medals because one of them was taken away because of uh, one of his teammates was treated to drugs, but just be, just become the absolute legend of the sport, you know, with his world title Olympic golds. So my sliding doors moment would be this: um, he's playing cricket. He's not noticed for his speed because cricket coaches probably noticing for their batting or their bowling or their fielding. He doesn't go to athletics. Usain Bolt therefore doesn't go into athletics. Yeah. Right. What do we have? Two thousand and eight. Well, Richard Thompson wins the gold medal at the Beijing Olympics. He's a, in sprinting terms, I've heard of Richard Thompson, you would have known him, but probably not many people outside of the world of athletics would have heard of Richard Thompson. In 2012, uh, Johan Blake wins, the, wins both the 100 and the 200. Um, and uh, Justin Gatlin gets his, I guess, a, a silver medal um, eight years after he won his gold in Athens. 2016, Justin Gatlin wins his second Olympic gold medal. So he's got an Olympic silver and Olympic gold medal. So the knock-on effect of that, you know my feelings on Mr. Gatlin. Um, yeah. is that You're not public, keen, Steve, are you? Not keen. So what happens is the public lose all interest in the sport. They lose faith because his drug treat has won double Olympic gold medals. They lose all interest in the sport. They remove athletics from the Olympics. And therefore, athletics is therefore fighting <laughs> with squash to become an Olympic sport again. Wow. So one of my, my favourite tweets of this week was... Wow. My favourite tweet of the week actually came from Usain Bolt, and I forgot about it earlier on. Yeah. And it was a picture of him winning the Olympics, I think is in Athens. So- social distancing, yeah. Okay. Social distancing. Yeah. So he was miles ahead, <laughs> and then he great. just put social distancing. I thought it was just yeah. amazing. And, but, and, he was, and he was slowing down with 10 metres to go. Yeah. He, he was something else, wasn't he? He was really he something was, else. He but, was um, something... Something. I mean, I, I've said this before. The sport needed him, and the sport do need superstars because it, because of the, the struggles it has with with the cheats. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I wouldn't like to see my sport have not had those years of of him there because um, 
he just gave so much. As we talked about Senna, we talked about Ali. You know, he's he's up there for me. Yeah. So. I think it was Beijing, wasn't it? Yeah, it might be right. It might be right. I'm not entirely yeah, sure where it was, but uh, yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. a great tweet anyway. Good stuff, Lado. Lado, just quickly, your mention of Senna then, have I actually slightly turned you on to F1 this I week? I don't think so, Dan. Uh, <laughs> no, Dan, but you can't, you can't help but admire what Senna was. He was, a, he was an absolute legend in the sport. And, uh, He's it, obs- it's, it, it's also in respect. Dan, fair, Dan, Dan just feels the need that he needs to turn somebody on to something, doesn't he? So I think, <laughs> so, so, uh, I think, I think that's that's where that's going. So, Stuggy uh, Steam Radio, Bruno Ladder is a season ticket. Bit of music coming up from the Cavs. These are a really good band as well that you lads won't be able to hear. But anyway, there you go. Dougie Stone Radio, we're freaking rocking. Okay. So Kev's not with us this week, but we're going to read out his uh, very quickly. We're going to read out his. Is, uh, have you got them there, Lado? Yeah, I've got them here. Yeah. Afraid. We haven't so, got long, so you have to be really quick on it. Yeah, so Kevin's a big rugby league fan, as we know, and his question is, his sliding door is, what if Jason Robertson is not persuaded to switch codes in October 2000? Jet, would we have won the World Cup without Jason Robertson? Uh, on evidence, no. No. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, a year later, he is brilliant for the Lions, isn't he? He's yeah. actually brilliant for the Lions, and then two years after that, wins the World Cup. Um Certainly changed not only his impact on the pitch, but his impact. Johnny Wilkinson says about it in his autobiography. The impact Jason Robertson's professionalism into training. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Wilkinson wanted to be like him, so he, he saw what he was doing. Goes right, I need to do that. So Jason Robertson raised the standards within the England camp, which was very quite forward thinking camp in many respects. So um, that's a that's a cracker. Yeah, that's an absolute cracker. So, yeah, very. Yeah, maybe England doesn't win the 2003 World Cup and uh, we still have a long one. Cool. Good stuff. And it also means I wouldn't have a cup to drink out of. There you go. That's the most important part, Shep, as well, isn't it? (laughs) Nothing gets more important than that. Did Kev give one or two? Kev's got two. The other one is Alan Shearer turns down Man Man United. Okay, So in 1996, when he went went to Newcastle, but in 92... He was uh, United are after him. He goes to Blackburn instead. A few months later, Fergie then signs Cantona. Mm. What if he does? Mm. What if he signs Shearer? We could almost do a show on his own with that. It's it's a massive what if because if Blackburn, Blackburn surely don't win. Surely don't win a a Premiership without Alan Shearer. No. Am I? Is that too? Is that too simplistic? No. But what? What do Man United do with Alan Shearer? Or are they worse off because they haven't gone to? I haven't got Eric Cantona. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We're going to have to... Move. So, Lado, what is the subject for next week's show? Okay, great. Um, the topic for next week. So, we're going to talk about our unexpected encounters with sports people. Oh, i got a brilliant or one. Or linking to that. You've, you've got two brilliant ones. I know yours. Or sporting encounters with heroes or just famous sports people. So, guys, go back into your memories of bumping into people or any encounters it could be you've been playing sport against or with someone by by chance someone famous or you've bumped into someone i'm, I'm um, not going to give and, it away right now but i have an amazing story about paul collingwood in a toilet <laughs> you, got three, you got three brilliant ones yeah mate. you got three brilliant ones <laughs> yeah i've got a few good ones i got a few good ones so uh so get your thinking caps on guys um we literally had no listeners mention message us with anything about sport as usual I got, I, we, we got two. We had two. Oh, did we? Yeah, chefs, we had, chefs, we, mate. We had absolute boatloads about food, but yeah, nothing no, about sport. Kirk, I think we should scrap this as a sports show. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, man. It's good. I like it. I like it. 
Really good. Right. So we've got two listener ones, have we? Yeah, we've got. So Shep, Pete comes over. With your, your mate Pete? Yeah, he, he um, <clears throat> it was uh, Euro 96, Gaza, stretching in the uh, semi-final. Uh, yeah. yeah, that hurts, doesn't it? Um, he still sees that goal going in every time he watches the, the yeah, clip. That was a tough one. Should, should go in. Should go in. The one I had from uh, Steve was what if Zlatan had signed for Arsenal? Wenger wanted him to do a trial, so he refused to come over. Yeah, but what if him. he had signed for Arsenal? I don't so, blame uh, him. He's, he's a player and a half, isn't he? Zlatan. Zlatan. Ash is a big fan of Zlatan. Zlatan fan, yeah. does not do trials, does he? No, he doesn't. Right. We're out of here, guys. Thank you very much, as usual, guys, for taking part. Brilliant show. Thanks very much. Cheers, Cheers We're out of here. So, thank you, same radio. Thanks for everybody in Facebook land. <laughs> Thanks for everybody on the radio. Checking out. Same place, same time next Wednesday night. Dougie Stain Radio. You are listening to the greatest sports show on the planet. The Season Ticket on Dougie Stone Radio. In association with Inspired to Change Bristol. Helping to get your life back on track.